welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across America. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Just my apologies to those of you who subscribe to the show notes. You'll be getting it right now. I literally started writing that email at 11.52 a.m. For those of you listening to Delay for Perspective, it's right now 12.06 p.m. as we start the show. (laughs) Very quickly done. Uh, A series of technical uh, and and, uh, unforeseen issues cropped up this morning, put me behind getting it done, but you got it. You got the general overview, and I want to start with this, which I find very fascinating. Josh Kroshauer in uh, Axios, he used to be a National Journal, has a piece up. Uh, And I want to start this show with this because I find it rather intriguing. According to this, according to his thesis, Joe Biden has good political instincts, moderate political instincts aligned with the people who are the voters but Biden is surrounded with people to the left of him, and they keep pulling him to the left. And, and he starts off with the 60 Minutes interview where Biden said, for example, that uh, COVID is over. Uh, we're out of the pandemic, and they had to walk that back. Or that we would defend Taiwan against China, and they had to walk that back. A series of events. Let me, let me uh, read you part of this. Biden initially worried how forgiving student loan debt would play with working class people, a Washington Post TikTok revealed. He said the federal government should not be bailing out Ivy League graduates, but a relentless campaign from First Lady Jill Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and senior White House staffers changed Biden's mind, according to the Post. And in fact, the plan has divided Americans. 37% of seniors back the plan. Two-thirds of young voters back the plan. The working class hates the plan. Biden's view on Putin was in line with the American public. A YouGov poll conducted shortly after Biden's speech found 63% of Americans agreed Putin can't remain in power, even as the president's rhetoric worried advisors that it could escalate the situation in Ukraine. This divide is shaping up inside the Democratic Party. Now, part of this is, is as Josh says, Joe Biden is a gut politician a gut instinct politician. Gut instinct politicians are actually more effective than poll-tested politicians. Bill Clinton was one of the best gut-level politicians. And the way Bill Clinton used polling, he hired Dick Morris. Dick Morris has talked about this in the past. Uh, What Bill Clinton would do is he had in his gut that the country needed to do X, Y, and Z. Whether you or I liked it, the country needed to do X, Y, and Z. And the way he would use polling is not to figure out where he should go. He already knew, based on gut instinct, where he wanted to go. And he would use polling as a way to sell his message. Polling was inductive, not deductive. He didn't deduce what people wanted. He knew what he, well, he presumed what people wanted, and then used polling to help him get there, to make the emotional case for what he already wanted to do. A lot of politicians since Bill Clinton have poll tested, stick their finger in the wind, see which way the wind is blowing, and go in that direction. It's not instinctual. It's poll tested. Well, Mr. President, 
59% of the public says they want this. Okay, let's give them that. That's that. That, that is the uh, a fleeting politics because it depends on the fickle nature of stupid people. Biden has been a gut-level politician. Oftentimes, I think his gut is wrong, but let's just play out this argument here that his instincts have been right lately. It doesn't matter. Joe Biden can have the best instincts in American politics, but if he surrounds himself with progressives who turn off his instincts, he's a failure. And that's what the premise of this piece in Axios is, is that Joe Biden has aligned with the American public on a host of issues other than Afghanistan and in the process had his progressive staff undermine him. Uh, during the Reagan administration, I, I always credit Morton Blackwell. I think in honesty, it was someone else, Scott Faulkner, I think his name was, but I think he actually stole it from Morton Blackwell. Morton Blackwell is the head of the Leadership Institute in Washington, D.C., and he has a statement that is drilled into every person who ever goes to the Leadership Institute. Leadership Institute trains conservatives to run for office. If you ever thought about running for office, you should go to the Leadership Institute. It's who I went to before I began running campaigns. They have a great campaign management school. They also have a school just for candidates who want to run for office. But what Morton always says, it's in his in his theses. He has a list of rules, the list of statements, and one of them is personnel is policy. And it's true. Personnel is policy. You see... If you want conservative outcomes and you staff your staff full of liberals, you're not going to get conservative outcomes. If you want progressive outcomes and you staff your staff full of conservatives, you're not going to get it. If you want progressive policies, you got to staff progressively. If you want conservative policies, you got to have a lot of conservatives around you to help get it done because they speak idiomatic language. Both sides do that they relate to and understand. So a conservative president can speak to conservatives about core conservative principles. It may be misunderstood by outsiders, but it's not going to be misunderstood by those who speak with the same idiomatic expressions of the conservative movement. Same with the left. Biden's instincts, if this piece is to believe, have been more moderate than his staff. But he's not surrounded with people who buy into that vision. So not only is he not getting the policies he prefers, he's getting policies to the left. And how does it look? Well, we have new polling out. ABC News has become the first major national pollster to switch from registered voters to likely voters. And what does it show? Republicans are up five in the generic ballot with likely voters. Joe Biden's approval is now... 39, 55, 39 approved, 55. It's a 16-point deficit. It's actually only worse in the Reuters poll, 39, 57. The overall trend for Joe Biden has been hovering around 42% approve, 53% disapprove. Joe Biden's instincts aren't getting implemented into policy. What's happening? Uh, if this piece is to believed, well, he's being pulled to the left on the environment. He's being pulled to the left on the economy. He's being pulled to the left on abortion. He's being pulled to the left on every issue, including the student loan bailout, which, by the way, isn't firing up voters who in, are in favor of it. It's firing up voters who are against it. But there's something else that's happening here. And I want to play for you the audio because it's very important you hear the audio 
This is Keisha Lance Bottoms. She was the mayor of Atlanta. She went on MSNBC and she said this. Well, I think it will be important for all of us who care about the United States of America to call out what we see. And what we see, again, with this MAGA Republican agenda is an effort to disrupt our democracy. So whether it be through November and beyond November, I think it will always be important to call out any effort there is to destroy, essentially destroy the United States of America. President Biden has been very clear. He wants to work in a bipartisan effort. He has worked in a bipartisan effort. He's been able to get things done on behalf of our country. But when you have a MAGA Republican agenda that has no respect for the Constitution, that has no respect for free and fair elections, then it is important for all of us, not just the president, not just me, for all of us to call it out for what it is. It is a danger to our democracy, it is a danger to our way of life. In fairness to Keisha Lance Bottoms, the former mayor of Atlanta, she does know what it's like to destroy a country because she destroyed the city of Atlanta. I mean, if we're gonna be real here and honest, I mean, the crime wave in Atlanta was sparked in large part because of her response to policies and the George Floyd riots. Uh, She alienated police, many of them quit, She emboldened criminals in the city. North of Atlanta, the city of Roswell, a man was out walking his newborn a couple of weeks ago, beaten to a bloody pulp in a coma. Random criminal violence that doesn't know city boundaries, but was sparked by the mayor of Atlanta. So when Keisha Lance Bottom says those MAGA Republicans are going to destroy the country, she does know what it's like to destroy a city in this country. But... This goes back to Biden and his instincts. On Friday, I recounted to you uh, research, psychological research of voters done by a left-wing group recounted in Politico. And one of the things that left-wing group found is that MAGA Republicans, that phrase, actually hurts the Democrats. It makes the Democrats, to be sure, it makes the Democrats feel good about themselves. And you can tell Keisha Lance Bottoms feels good about herself saying it. Whoever is around Joe Biden advising him feels really good about it. Except from what we know, this is Joe Biden himself and his instincts, which is why I I would argue his instincts aren't exactly good. But whether it's him or his advisors, his speechwriters, Keisha Lance Bottoms, embracing MAGA Republicans, what the psychological profile of voters by a left-wing nonprofit found is that saying MAGA Republican gives independent voters license to vote for Republicans who they conclude are not MAGA Republicans. And on the Republican side, it incites and inspires Republicans to go vote because they remember how much better it was under Donald Trump than it is under Joe Biden. When they go on MSNBC and say these sorts of things, they make themselves feel morally superior to everyone else, and then they inspire independent and moderate voters to vote Republican. Because independent and moderate voters say, well, you know, I mean, Herschel Walker, he's not really a MAGA Republican in Georgia. Or Dr. Oz, yeah, I realize Donald Trump's wording, but he's not a MAGA Republican. He doesn't think the election was overturned. He's not a MAGA Republican. He's safe to vote for. They've undermined themselves because they wanted to reach around and pat themselves on the back 
and feel morally superior and smug to everyone else, and they're undermining themselves. And Joe Biden listens to these people. Joe Biden listens to the progressive activists. Joe Biden listens to the Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders staffers who disproportionately outnumber Obama staffers inside the Biden White House. He listens to his wife, who is left of the American people, and they keep dragging him to the left. And the moral of the story here is that this is causing the Democrats to lose while convincing the Democrats they must be winning because they are in a bubble affirmed by major media outlets around the country that they are on the right path and everything is grand and glorious. They can't see what's coming. We'll get into it later. Pollsters are starting to worry they're screwing up again, that they're undercounting Republicans, and I think they are. And when you have a trend, when you shift to likely voters, and the likely voter trend shows disproportionately that the Republicans actually are enthusiastic and Republicans are voting, they probably are wrong. And when you look at the major prevailing issues of the day on why people are going to vote, on the economy, on jobs, on inflation, on grocery bills, on jobs, it's all inflation related, it's all economy related. The Biden administration passed the Inflation Reduction Act and then bragged about it as a climate change bill, a backdoor climate change bill. They didn't brag about it as an inflation bill until this morning on Twitter, Joe Biden started attacking Republicans for not voting for it, that they could have solved inflation except his legislation did not solve inflation. They've missed the message and in missing the message, They missed the mark. Their chickens are going to come home to roost. And in November, they will have to come to terms with MAGA Republicans doing well at the ballot box. Will they have an answer for it? Probably not. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bull and Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bull and Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bull and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California king. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins. No pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. If you text the word DATA to 33777, you can get the link to today's show notes. It's open for everyone, paid and free subscribers. You can subscribe. And by the way, I I did, I I went out of town this weekend and I sat down and I logged some recipes. Uh, So I I do want you to know recipes will be going out again. Um, I've been negligent the last few weeks. I kept testing and trying to perfect, got obsessed with doing a recipe and then never actually emailed it out. Uh, But... 
text data to 33777 and get get the daily email. Just subscribe completely for free. Uh, there's extra stuff if you want to pay, including the daily show notes. Today I made it available to everyone because I was rushing. I so I, I gotta I gotta comment on something real quick. I, I had a story I wanted to talk about, but I gotta say something on a personal note. Um I so during during COVID, I worked for six and a half months without a single day off. Which I y'all my family sometimes thinks I love my job and I like them. Uh, I love being here with you guys. Um, these three hours a day are very special to me. I enjoy it tremendously. I never thought I would do a job like this, and it's the longest job I've ever had. But I've been becoming more and more mindful that sometimes I just need to unplug. And for the last several weeks at home, uh, we, we had COVID come through the house. I was spared again. Um, everybody else kind of got sick. I've been traveling a lot, been taking care of family. And finally, everybody's mending. It's like, I just, I need to get away. I had a meeting I had to go to on Friday. And so up in Rome, so I stayed uh, up at Barnsley Gardens. Uh, so there is a, there's a resort north of Atlanta called Barnsley Gardens. I hate to talk about it because it's hard to get a room now. It's going to be even harder as I talk about it. But I got a golf lesson up there. I am the worst golfer on planet earth. I'm, I'm trying to get good. Rush Limbaugh was a dear friend of mine, but he wouldn't play golf with me because I was so bad. So once I got good, I could play with him. Well, unfortunately, I never really got good uh, before he passed away. And I would take lessons and then just not play golf. And I finally, in the last year, I've been playing every week, but I'm really bad. I My handicap is measured in balls lost, not actually in, in actual putts and whatnot. So I, I went up there and got a lesson. The guy's name is Kyle Morris, is the golf uh, pro at... Barnsley Gardens in Adairsville, Georgia. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, it's worth going for a weekend. It's very relaxing. I had a blast. That guy was a genius. I've had golf lessons on some of the very best courses in America over the years, and none of them held up quite like this. I have never been good with my driver on multiple holes on eight, I played 18 holes by myself in the evening. It was nice and cool. And on multiple holes, got at least 150 yards off the tee with the driver. I've never done that in my life. One golf lesson with Kyle at Barnsley Gardens. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. I literally, I am a terrible golfer and I'm still not great. My consistency is poor. But he spent half his time just on the the psychology of it and, and getting me to work on some tricks on how to get out of bad habits that I've built up over the years. I just, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I really am. Uh, I am effusive with my praise because I know how bad I am. In fact, I got some golf balls made for the show that have the logo on one side and on the back side says lost another one. Figure it'll be good viral marketing when I go play on golf courses because I suck so bad and lose all my golf balls. But I only lost two balls in 18 holes. Which is the first time, I mean, y'all, two balls and 18 holes for me losing in the woods is like the best I've ever played in my life. And it was 18 holes. I just, I got to keep it up though, but I'm, I was stunned. So in any event, uh, thank you to Kyle for a brilliant golf lesson because that's just, I, I've, it was amazing. 34 years old and just a golf genius. Now, we got to move on to other stuff. When we come back, Gavin Newsom was on stage at the Trib Fest. Trib Fest is the left-wing gathering that happens in Texas. Now, full disclosure, the, the Texas Tribune has always been on the left, but they used to, in the age before Trump, try to do a pretty moderate panel discussion with people on the left and people on the right. 
And then after Trump, you couldn't come unless you hated Trump, and it's just gone off the deep end. Uh, and Gavin Newsom is there. You know, I used to get invited to this thing before Trump, and then when I said I'd vote for him in 2020, uh, no more invites. They they uninvited me from the last one after I said I was going to vote for Trump. Um, it's it just an interesting dynamic. But you got to hear what he said about Ron DeSantis, and now I understand why people don't want to talk to pollsters. They're kind of scared the FBI is coming for them. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here, The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on this here program, I'm always happy to have you. We got to talk about Gavin Newsom. There are several stories out there. Uh, my buddy Bill actually sent me a story that I want to start with here. Uh, let me pull up his email here that I had flagged. Uh, yep, here we go. This is out of the Axios newsletter that came out over the weekend. This is so Gavin Newsom is speaking at Tribfest down in Texas. Newsom speaking with Maeve Reston of CNN. Nope, nope. I'm sorry. She's covering this uh, at, at the Texas Tribune Festival. She's writing about what he said. Gavin Newsom says Republicans are winning right now by controlling the national conversation. These are his quotes. These guys are ruthless on the other side. They dominate the most important thing in American politics today, and that's the narrative. Facts become secondary to narrative. They dominate with illusion, and we are getting crushed. We are on defense over and over again. By the way, he says he doesn't blame Joe Biden, but the Democrats need to be, quote, organizing from the bottom up. Where are we going on the offense every single day? They're winning right now. I got involved in politics in the mid-90s. I was a college student, and I started the College Republicans at my alma mater, Mercy University, and then became the chairman of the College Republicans for the state of Georgia for a time. Started volunteering in, in campaigns. Boy, 1994, that was a year to get involved in politics when the, the Republican Revolution in 94 with Gingrich and they swept into power for the first time in 40 years. That was something. I remember it. I was a kid and it was exciting. It made politics exciting. But I've been doing that for a while. And there's always a common theme. Both sides believe the other side is better at shaping the narrative and playing on offense. Republicans say the same thing about the Democrats. I mean, Republicans say the exact same thing about what Gavin Newsom is saying as Democrats say. When I go out to Los Angeles to be on Bill Maher's show in real time, Bill Maher off camera after the show is wound down, he'll be talking. One time James Carville was there with me. Uh, we're friends, had a blast. They ridiculed me for all of my beliefs. I ridiculed them for all of their beliefs. We got along fine otherwise, but they would just start telling, you guys are just so nasty, nasty. I'm like, uh, we're not the ones firebombing pro-life pregnancy centers or trying to commit the mass assassination of Republican members of Congress. Let's talk about who's really nasty out there. Oh, no, can't say, can't party foul. You're not allowed to say those things. So when the conversation gets a little awkward. Both sides say this about each other, but Newsom is on the side that controls most of the mainstream media. It is why, by the way, they are so adamantly opposed to Fox News. They do not like Fox News, not because it's on the right per se, 
but because it doesn't go along with their prevailing news because it's on the right. Fox News provides an alternative to MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, CBS, uh, PBS, The New York Times, USA Today, The Washington Post, The Miami Herald, The Los Angeles Times. I mean, Fox News is it. You got, yeah, you got Newsmax in there, OAN. You got News Nation that tries to be straight up and down the middle, although they just hired Chris Cuomo, so good luck with that. Um, it, 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 they control how the nation talks about things. The New York Times has a big story out about top surgeries. Do you know what a top surgery is? A top surgery is a double mastectomy. And the New York Times is trying to mainstream it as, as a top surgery to embrace trans ideology, that it's just no big deal. It's just a top surgery. No, it's women who have their breasts surgically removed, amputated, if you will. And suddenly we're supposed to be okay with teenagers doing it. And by the way, the story essentially posits that teens are doing this. Gavin Newsom is for that. The only reason Gavin Newsom thinks Republicans are are uh, controlling the narrative right now is that the Republican message in reaction to these things is where the public is. And the only reason, if we're honest about it, the only reason the public is with the Republicans right now on so much is because the economy sucks. Voters will give a party license to pursue their particular ideological agenda when the voters are pissed about the economy. Let's just be honest here. Let's be real here. If everyone's 401k was doing fine, most voters, most voters wouldn't really care for the Republican message on anything else. They wouldn't care about it because money comes first for most Americans. Because people's 401ks are collapsing, because markets have been down, we're in a bear market. The Dow, as I'm speaking, down over 300 points. They give Republicans license to pursue these other things. But parents overall are concerned with these issues day in and day out. They are concerned with the direction of the country culturally. They are concerned with crime. So they're more willing to listen now to Republicans because of the economy, but they would be listening nonetheless on these particular issues. It's important to understand the direction here. It's important to understand that there is a public backlash. It has nothing to do with Republicans controlling the narrative. It has to do with reality itself. DeSantis was in the news, obviously, with the migrant issue, and Gavin Newsom spoke on that, too. And this is the audio bit you need to hear. Look, it's clear that DeSantis broke the law. The question is, which law did he break? Did he break the laws of his own state? Did he break federal law? But one thing he did is he broke with precedent. Any precedent of decency and honor, his lack of character on display, he comes into another state, your state, to try to find pawns in a political game, rounds them up, sends them to an island, and then fundraises off it. What does that say about his character and the character of the Republican Party that celebrated that act? of cruelty and dehumanization. So I, I called it out because I, I find it offensive and disgraceful, and I find it increasingly normalized now in the Republican Party. It's certainly well established here with Greg Abbott, 
who was apparently getting more attention on this topic than Ron DeSantis, and he wanted in. Now, let's deal with a couple of things here. Uh, Newsom wants to attack Ron DeSantis's character. Newsom was what dating a teenager. He shipped homeless people out of San Francisco to try to solve the homeless problem. He rounded them up on buses and shipped them out. He locked everyone in California down, shut down every restaurant in California, and then went and dined at a five-star restaurant called the French Laundry with celebrities when no one else in California was allowed to do so. He told everyone in California they had to wear masks everywhere and then took his family out of state to vacation in a maskless state while condemning other politicians for doing the same. He doesn't really want to talk about character, but of course he doesn't care. He's got no shame. He's got lots and lots of political scruples there. He is totally fine with what he's doing because he's talking to his base that's present at TribFest in Austin, Texas, liberal mecca inside Texas. The problem here is the beginning. Look, it's clear that DeSantis broke the law. Question is, which law did he break? They call Republicans authoritarian. And here comes the governor of California saying, oh, DeSantis broke a law. We'll figure out which law he broke, but he broke the law. There is a phenomenon that's growing in the country. People on the right are unwilling not just to answer the phone if they don't recognize the number, but they don't want to talk to a pollster. More and more people have told me over time that in fact, we've gotten calls here as, as recently as last week from people saying, ah, what, what, what if it's actually the feds? They're trying to expose us. They're calling masquerading as, as a pollster. They're setting us up. Sounds paranoid to me, but a lot of you believe it. And when you got a guy like Gavin Newsom, the governor of the most populous state of the nation, saying, look, the governor of Florida broke the law. We're going to figure out what law he broke, but we know he broke one of them. We'll go get that SOB. Of course, People are a little bit skeptical of answering the phone. Of course, people are a little bit skeptical of the federal government. The FBI over the weekend stormed into the house of a pro-life activist in Bucks County, Pennsylvania with guns drawn. Mark Huck is the pro-life activist. Mark stands outside Planned Parenthood facilities and tries to counsel women who are seeking abortions. The FACE Act is legislation that prohibits blocking access to abortion clinics or pregnancy facilities. Mark Hawk wasn't blocking access a while back but he was with his son. They were standing outside a Planned Parenthood, as they often do, as so many Christians do, praying, counseling women who have questions. And a man came up to him and began cussing out his young son, began yelling obscenities, profanities, and harassing his son. And when the man got too close to the son, Mark Huck shoved the man back and he fell over. The Democratic prosecutor refused to prosecute. The pro-abortion activists tried to sue. It didn't go anywhere. Well, over the weekend, FBI agents kicked in his front door, guns drawn, and arrested Mark Huck 
for violating the FACE Act. According to his wife, the FBI had big, huge rifles pointed at Mark and pointed at me and pointed throughout the house. Our staircase is open, so the kids were all at the top of the stairs, which faces the front door. I was on the stairs as well coming down. The kids were all just screaming. It was scary and traumatic. Merrick Garland using the FBI to go after a man who stood outside a Planned Parenthood facility, but won't go after the people who have firebombed more than a dozen pregnancy facilities in the country. There's a story out of the Los Angeles Times that the FBI misled a judge who signed a warrant for a seizure of $86 million in cash. There's safe deposit boxes at a place called U.S. Private Vaults in Beverly Hills. The FBI drilled and pried their way into 1,400 of them and took everything and wanted to confiscate it all. They misled the judge. Some of it belonged to a jazz saxophone player, another to an interior designer, another retired doctor, another flooring contractor, another to Century City lawyers, and, and hundreds of others because the FBI said it was all part of some sort of criminal scheme. It wasn't. They lied to the judge. The FBI is out of hand. I can understand why people are a little scared of engaging with anonymous phone calls these days. And you got Gavin Newsom on a stage saying, well, we know Ron DeSantis broke the law. We'll figure out which one it was later. The left is at this point projecting. They call the right authoritarians and fascists. And they're storming into men's houses and arresting them for having the audacity to counsel women outside a Planned Parenthood facility. You got the governor of California questioning the character of someone else when he himself bust homeless people out of San Francisco to improve the situation, dated a teenager, showed up at a restaurant when no one else was allowed to be at restaurants and dined on gourmet food while the rest of the poors couldn't do anything, couldn't even go to a McDonald's. The left is what they claim the right is, and they're projecting And Gavin Newsom wants to be the leader of it. He wants to run for president if Joe Biden doesn't run. And for some reason, I mean, like Stacey Abrams in Georgia, he believes his own press now. The media loves the guy. Well, the media is big in California. Hollywood is real in California. And he believes the starlight. I don't think it'll translate to the rest of the nation, but he's going to give it his best try. Good luck to him. It's going to be delightful to see Ron DeSantis clean his clock in 2024 or some other Republican. Now, speaking of, well, the stock market, it is down. Everything is down. We have officially entered the bear market. And if you are concerned about your portfolio and your retirement and you're considering precious metals, well, consider Gold Co. You don't have a lot of options to protect your money. Physical gold and silver might be a way to do it. You can call Gold Co. at 855-904-5933 and get a free wealth protection kit from them to learn how to use actual real gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. You can call my friends at Gold Co., find out how you qualify for their special offer. They've helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement savings. They want to see if they can be a good fit for you. Their number again is 855-904-5933. Or if you text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, I will send you Gold Co.'s number. 
You can call them, tell them I sent you, see if they're a good fit for you. If you have any curiosity about using physical gold and silver to protect your money, at least you can get their free wealth protection kit from them. Text GOLDCO to 33777. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, you are more than welcome to. When we come back, we got to talk about the the new supposed prime minister of Italy. She quoted G.K. Chesterton in a speech. Well, people are kind of melting down as a result um, on the left. They really don't like this woman, and I want to navigate through it. But first, well, the president of the United States was speaking, and he was talking about guns, and he kind of made the case for why everyone should own an AR-15, and I don't think he meant to. Think about it. What in- well, let's see if I can get the volume fixed here. Here we go. Think about it. What in God's name do you need an assault weapon for? It's an assault weapon designed to kill people, to defend America, to defend people. But folks, look, it's just, it's just, we're just, it's way out of hand. Um. What in God's name do you need an assault weapon for? Is an assault weapon designed to kill people, to defend America, to defend people? Isn't that why you want one? You want to defend people? Seriously, I I think the president of the United States is kind of making the case for everyone to go buy an AR-15 to, in his words, to defend America, to defend people. That's, that's That's not my words. That's Joe Biden's words. The Democrats really want to make gun control a last-minute issue in campaign 2022. They, they actually really do want to do that. I, it's not going to work for them. It really isn't going to work for them. Um, but they're going to try. God bless them. They're going to try. The reason they're going to try is because every town USA has been pouring money into Democratic campaigns and did some research that suggested that uh, non-white voters, particularly Hispanic voters, want gun control. Now, every major political analyst on the left and the right has disagreed. But the progressives, particularly those who believe in every town uh, for gun control or gun safety, have bought into this idea and in buying into the idea, they want to advance it as a close part of their closing argument. Uh, abortion, gun control, uh, MAGA Republicans are bad kind of is the Democratic closing argument as opposed to the Republicans are Democrats broke the economy, we'll fix it. I, I, I just kind of think the Republicans have a better closing message. When we come back, though, we need to talk about the Italian prime minister uh, or would-be prime minister. She'll be the first female Italian prime minister, and it has more to do with the elite. Uh, the conservative revolution that's happening around the world is actually a reaction to the elite in the world, not actually an embrace of conservatism or right-wing politics. It has everything to do with the elite being on the left, are being rejected by the public, and we should explore the reaction.